Listen, this might not be the best. When people say listen, I don't think in this context, but when people say listen, you know, it sounds very aggressive to me. Who's going to say it like that? You're not a... No, but every time I hear somebody say listen on the radio, they'll be like, listen, or look, and then say what they're going to say. Just don't say it like that. All right. Listen, this might not be the best podcast you've ever heard, but we think if you give it a listen... You might have an okay time. Five bugs in there. There's a bug in there. Hey everyone, welcome to OK Time. This is episode 19. Today we're talking about the film Cretia. Oh, it's uncomfortable. And also Red Fang's self-titled album. Enjoy. So Steve, tell me why it's so crystal clear sounding from your side of the microphone. It sounds like maybe you turned something off that's been on this whole time we've been recording. Can you tell me about that? I turned my heater off. Was that, that was the noise though, right? Or that's what you think. I'm positive. Okay. Well, I should apologize because um, I think, I don't know about other episodes, but last episode I listened to and I thought it was um, irritating. Because of how I edited it? <laughs> no. That was um, perfect, like always. Um, because it sounded like weird uh, feedback. Mm. Yeah, that, that's from your speaker or your, your heater. If you listen... And use social media. Can you tweet us and let us know? Me, I guess. And and let us know if, if, it, if it bothers you. Thanks. Did you watch uh, the rest of the Lord of the Rings? No. I You have to buy them. You can't even rent them. And I don't know where our DVDs are. You don't know what DVDs are? No. We have the DVDs, but they're like in storage somewhere. Okay. So st- don't bother me about the trilogy. Okay. I think we should give a sh- an acknowledge. Um, and to Megan who left a five star review. Oh, so thank did? you, Megan. Yes, she did. Thanks, Megan. What's it? Can you read it? Do you have it? I guess it's violating your privacy, but um, I will. Megan's, I guess. What's well, public, is it not? Oh, yeah, it is. Sorry, <laughs> Megan. Okay, it says, and I quote, based on the new rating system, I give this podcast a true and honest five bugs in there, which is a kind of a big deal because I don't even like podcasts. I'd like to hear more about Carl's opinions regarding East Coast coals versus the ones in the Midwest. Maybe there could be an experi- experiential, maybe there could be experiential assignments like going to a coals in Delaware. What are the chances that Steve's ever been inside a coals? Just some thoughts from a longtime fan. <laughs> Thank you, Megan. That's great. What do you have any thoughts on? Have you been to an East Coast Coles? Uh, yes, I've been into the one on Kirkwood Highway here. What do you um, think? And we'll, I loved it. Uh, my thoughts on like I used to, as you know, be more. I when I was going by Carl Grashen initially, it was like a characterized version of myself that wasn't really real. Uh, not a lot of people knew that. You knew that, of course, because you're my f- friend and confidant. I'm finding this out for the first time, actually. Right. So I used to say that I worked at Kohl's and I ordered like a fake employee badge and stuff like that. Did you get pretty deep undercover for that role? Like, were you working at Kohl's to research? I got on the news for an Amazon Jeff Bezos Detroit video. And I told like this guy from a local (laughs) news outlet, he messaged me on Facebook. He's like, Hey, I need to talk to you about this. I was like, yeah. And then I was like, shit, is he going to, how do I play this? 
right. and I played it as the character Carl because he was like, "So where do you work?" I was like, "I'm a visual merchandiser for Coles and Livonia." And he's, <laughs> he, I was like, "He could easily fact check that, but he he's not gonna, he's not gonna." And did it make the it made the website right? You like your snippet? Yeah, let me let me send you the article right now. Did you feel like that character kind of peaked? Uh, with that interview and so it was time to retire it? Um, it wasn't so much that. It was just like I met some other people that I thought like was a fan of on YouTube in mm-hmm. real life and then it just was more and more confusing for me to have to explain because I didn't want to like be in character re- meeting people that I would like want to speak to. You know what I mean? Right. And so that felt awkward to me and then I just was like, well, why don't I just use this name as like a moniker or a name that I use and it everything else be normal me and then that's how that came about when I was um I think I told you about this when I was in uh, high school my friend Rocco decided that he no longer wanted to be called Rocco I think he, he was kind of a a bad kid he kind of caused a lot of trouble and so he had a reputation and I think he was trying to like shed uh, that reputation. And so he, he told me that he wanted to start being called Kyle. <laughs> and we were just like, no, man, we're, no, we're not calling you that. Like, that's not going to work. You're Rocco. You have a name like Rocco, like you're stuck with it, dude, no matter what, you know? I mean, I guess you can, th- that's debatable, but that's better than Kyle. And his dad's name, um, is Roxy. Mm, that I don't know about. <laughs> I think that's very cool. Hey, last question before we get started here. Um, no further questions. I wear a Fitbit and that I'm okay with that. And I need you to be too. That's not a question. Just wanted you to know that. Thank you. I've, I've seen it. Fitbit's like, I know, I know what you've been eating. Oh God. Fitbits are harsh. You're going to have a heart attack if you don't get some steps in. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Come on, fat boy. No, 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 no. <laughs> hey, can I get that piece of cheese? F- You're about to put it in your mouth and all of a sudden, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Interlude. the situation was um sarah and i wanted to go to a movie and we just as you do you look up synopses is that the plural synopses Mm -hmm. you look up synopses for movies that are in your town and we wanted to go to a ritz and so there's three locations and maybe what uh six movies six different movies something like that maybe seven eight i don't know but um, I don't know why we ended up going to this one, but I'm really glad we did. Um, it is probably, it made me cry more than any movie ever has made me cry. I cried the entire length of the movie. From the opening scene, I started crying. Um, and it's funny and it's abrasive. It reminded me that, <clears throat> hopefully I'm not stepping on your, uh toes here but it um in retrospect i think i think i saw this before birdman but 
it reminded me of the pace of Birdman and kind of the um, jarring quality of the cuts with the like a lot of percussion. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> so I just it left quite an impression on me, and I thought about it a lot, and I was excited to rewatch it. I hadn't seen it since we went to the movies, which was probably when did this come out? Mm, I want to say. T- 2015 or 2016. Okay. Yeah. So it's been a two to three years, maybe. Um, so talk about, um, I think obviously my, just to talk about first reactions, the first thing I felt was extreme, um, uncomfortable feelings, Discomfortable. discomfortable, discomfort uncomfort, discomfort, however you want to use that in a sentence that makes sense to you. I'm not going to judge you. Frank synopses. Uh, that's what I felt like, you know, she, like there's a steady cam behind her and she's walking to the house and she gets into the wrong house. So the story is that, and I don't even think you need to know anything about what the story is going into it. It's just that she's been away for 10 years from her family who she quote unquote abandoned because of addictions of some sort. And that's really all they say. So knowing that she's walking towards the family's home, like right away, just the way it's uncomfortable for her. It's the parallel to the audience member is I think clear and steady because the whole time she's like walking to the wrong house and walking up and just you, you've, it's a steady shot the whole time. And then she steps in dog shit going over to the real house. And if that's like a, some sort of omen to what the experience is going to be like, I thought that uh, was just mud. No, it was dog shit or something. She was upset about it. She was like, Ugh. um, so right away that kind of kicked it off for me and I knew pretty f- much what I was getting into. But one thing I think that was different than about my viewing experience to that of you and Sarah is that, and I talked to Sarah with Sarah about this afterwards is that she, and she brought it up because the fact that you guys watched it in a theater and you can't really get up and you you can't pause, you can't stop watching it. You can't step away and step back unless you're going to the bathroom, you're going to miss something. Right. I think that the feeling that, you know, you're in a theater, you're, you're there, you're present. You can't, really hide from the emotion or the, the discomfort of that film. And I think that kind of played a larger role into the reaction you both had perhaps, because for me, like I didn't find myself and I, I certainly felt the emotions um, ringing true, especially at the latter half um, of the, the film, but I did pause it because I had to go to sleep. I was just very tired. It was later in the night and I was watching it in a house, you know, relatively full of people. Yeah. I knew it was about to take a turn for the worse. It was right before she opens the wine and I paused it there and then I finished it the next day with headphones on by myself. Um, But I just wanted to point out why I thought maybe my reaction was different. I think it was just, I think what Sarah said made sense to me. I wasn't in the theater and I think it was a little bit of a different reaction, although it was very uncomfortable and sad and, um, I think we can all recognize parts of that discomfort from a family event of any kind, regardless if mm-hmm. we're coming home after a long 
time away or if there's been episodes of various things that have happened or it's awkward to see people, any family has that discomfort. Yeah. But I, uh, it's like, it just, so many parts of it made me kind of squirm in my bones because it reminded me of like a family event where you're just, there's people you don't want to see. There's annoying cousins that are arm wrestling. There's <laughs> the annoying uncle that's making jokes that he thinks are funny. And then when he, he says the punchline, he looks around and tries to find someone to smile at him or laugh at his joke. Like kooky ants that want to ask you too much. And then like people with their babies and all this, this and that. So, um, and I didn't realize this until afterwards. So the director, he's like a younger person our age, but um, it was this was originally a short film, like 15 minutes long. And then that was shown at South by Southwest, I think in 2014. And then they made a Kickstarter to raise the funds for this feature length film of Grisha, Did you, which that's pretty neat. Um, I was unable to find the short. I, I did extensive Googling, even just the second page, and I couldn't find it. So um, from what I can gather, it's the same cast and just a condensed version of the same story, but probably just as effective um, as far as the pace and the editing and like the jarring nature of the, the various cuts. And I'm, I would assume probably even more so in a 15-minute version. Some of the... Maybe you're going to cover this, but... And I... I did- I don't know this a hundred percent. It just sounds like something uh, I may have looked up when I saw it. Some of the cast is his in his like family members, right? Yeah, I was going to mention that. Um, his Krisha is actually his real life aunt, Krisha uh, Fairchild. Um, the like surrogate mother, basically, who who's Krisha's sister, who basically adopts him in the film. That's actually, I think, his real mom. Oh. It's either his real mom or his real aunt, but I think it's his mom. I'm not sure. I'd have to look that up again. But the the woman who plays the great Gigi, great grandma, um, or the grandmother, that's actually Kresha's mother. And then because the, um, both the like Kresha and the other woman, they're actually sisters in real life. And um, okay. does that make it more powerful that they're actually all related in a family? So they've had interactions <laughs> in a larger family setting. That, that certainly that helps enhance the experience but i do think that they're talented actor so they could have done that regardless but it just it's it's a little bit more real with something like that when you're using people in your family and luckily like the the grandmother is you know in good enough health to do that again because she's pretty old yeah she seems like 90s right yeah and that was one of the things that was uh i think a pivotal moment in the film because her not really recognizing Kresha when she comes to the Thanksgiving dinner and is introduced to everyone. It seems like she's, she's clear who everyone is. And then Kresha, she's because she hasn't seen her in so long or for whatever other reason, she doesn't give her the recognition that everyone else got. Right. Uh, I want to talk about the Nina Simone song as the wine is uncorked with a, uh, like a, finger knife or like a some sort of grooming knife it's it's a song i think recorded live so it starts with applause and the applause kicks in just as she gets the cork oh yeah and it's i i had to pause it to make sure that i was hearing it and it wasn't playing elsewhere in the in the house (laughs) or on you youtube or something in a different window yeah but i mean i thought that that was pretty brilliant because it's it's at, at at once 
celebrating the fact that she got what she wanted. She's feeding her addiction. She's making the whole experience easier for herself. But also as that song continues to play out, it's at the same time, just like brutally painful and really difficult to watch and super sad and emotional because I knew the turkey was going to fall. Like the whole time I I had a feeling that the turkey was <laughs> not going to work out. This meal was going to f- be fucked up somehow. I wasn't sure how, but like, it's just right. so incredibly tragic to watch that fall. And like, as the sauce starts, you know, dripping before and it's, uh, Yeah. And then that kind of kicks off the climactic downward spiral. Yeah. Um, I thought it was interesting too that the um, one of the cousins, the first one of the first people she meets is the husband of a cousin that recently had a baby. So the mother with the baby, I feel like they do a lot of extra shots on them for a while, and I and I don't know if that's done to kind of play up the fact that she she's a mother and her son doesn't want anything to do with her. Um, for various reasons. And I, so I thought that was an, uh, a specific choice that was made to kind of sh- show that loving relationship at the same time, having this broken relationship present as well. Yeah. Uh, I f- was extremely uncomfortable as like her drunken you know, dinner mishap played out and then she woke up and called the boyfriend who was supposed to be someone she could call not like as a sponsor but just like a support system kind of person so she wouldn't use um and that character you don't really get there's no other information about so then she just leaves that voicemail and it's heartbreaking to hear that relationship basically end on the phone and the voicemail but she's still kind of either still intoxicated or still like feeling the effects. And then she goes and does it again and starts yelling at her son to like say that he loves her. It's like, Oh my God. (laughs) Did it not feel to you that it was like so quick and the editing picked up and everything was happening faster and faster. And then it just sort of ends. Uh, I, I thought the beginning and end shots where it's just Kreisha looking at the camera with like really tense strings, like weird noise just kind of building oh, yeah. the tension that's yeah. done brilliantly um like overall like as as you mentioned i would use those same those same words uh, abrasive uh jarring really really uncomfortable sad tragic um but also like strangely resonant it reminds me like i've certainly felt shame about making a mistake um, not like a 10 year f- family severed mistake, but, you know, done things that I've regret, regretted like drunk and, you know, things like that. But, um, just seeing that play out, like there's various things happening in this movie that I can relate to in some way, shape or form. And yeah, I think we all can. Did you drop the Turkey this year? Um, no, we didn't have one. We got pizza. Oh, good. No, there was a Turkey, but I was nothing and nowhere near it. We got pizza for Thanksgiving. No, we had turkey, but I oh, okay. I don't know about a turkey or anything. Uh, here's my haiku: Coming home again. It's been a long time, but my son is still a dick. <laughs> you think he's a dick? No, but from her perspective, at the yeah. end, he's being a dick. Uh, because it's a movie, and we've started a different rating system. Um, I still feel like this applies for me. Uh, this was one of my new favorite films, especially of a collection that I've watched in the last couple of years. It's earned a spot in my regular rotation when I want to 
be extremely upset. So I'll give it four bugs in there. That's good. I wasn't sure as you were kicking this off if if you liked it because you know it's a tough piece. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So awesome. Do you have anything else you want to say? I kind of talked the whole time. Um, I guess the the only thing that really stuck. I watched it again um, right before I assigned it to you. And the one thing that really stuck out the second time was how they withhold information and kind of let you fill in the blanks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned that, but I think it's really smart and made for a cool film and it's short, right? It's, it felt really short. It was like an hour 20, maybe like the pacing and how it kind of spirals at the end. That all did seem to happen so quick and maybe it makes the film feel even shorter than it really was. I felt like the weird uncle with the glasses was like such a weird sleazy, like, but well-spoken character that kind of stuck out to me. I found him to be so funny. Like even when he was being cruel, I thought he was really funny. His like when they're outside smoking, um, talking about the dogs and how much he hates the dogs, that would make me laugh a lot. But then he he makes he just flips a switch and he starts going off on her how she abandoned him uh, a tray, and I wasn't expecting that. Um, I would like to do my next rewatch pretty soon, so I can see the reactions of the people when she gets to the house because like I I didn't really pay. Um, close enough attention, I think, the first time, especially with the sun. Right. So, um, if you are supporting somebody, always answer the phone. Uh, encourage your relatives to get rid of flip phones if you know that they have them. <laughs> um, and I think it made me, when I hear Nina Simone uh, think about it in a different way. All right, next. Um, so I had you listen to Red Fang self-titled. Actually, I gave you the choice, and you chose it. I, no, I know. No, that- wait a minute. That's not what happened. I said you could either listen to Fuzz 2 or Red Fang self-titled and you chose Red Fang. No, that's not what happened. Oh, wait, you're right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to lie on me. Wait a minute. I said, you said you pick and then I picked. <laughs> that's what happened. That sounds, that's what I remember as well. Okay, so I've seen Red Fang multiple times. In San Diego and Detroit, uh, I think they're a fun band to see live. I don't, I don't like the term stoner metal or stoner rock. I think that that part parts of them fall into like a category that would be associated with like a Queens or a Caius or uh, like a Baroness or something, a big business, something like that. But um, I don't know. I I like this album a lot. I liked the second album. I didn't get into the subsequent albums after that for whatever reason it wasn't the same cup of tea for me but this one i enjoyed um their music videos i think are really funny 
uh, especially the ones from this album and the second album. I think I gave you the second album to borrow one time. Um, and I know that you listened to it, which is why I wanted you to listen to the self-titled album. Yeah, you're a persistent little bugger. Five bugs in there for my persistence. So I didn't I, I didn't really recall the the album that you let me borrow. I did remember that it didn't I didn't get into it. Um You threw it out. I did throw it away. Um <laughs> so I was uh, Stoner Rock though, I'm surprised to hear that. I thought this was a funk band. I know. It's a term that gets thrown around loosely. Pretty funky though, right? Not at yeah. all. Yeah. Um, I will say right away when I started listening to this one that I felt that I had made a terrible mistake and that this band's really good and I was confused back then. I don't know why I didn't get into it, but this was really easy um, to get into. Um, and the cover, um, I like how it's, it's like a what I'm – presuming is a prehistoric dog skull and the record's called the well it's self-titled it's called red fang but the first song on the album is called prehistoric dog so that was kind of cool i don't think i ever picked up on that yeah i thought it was interesting like i like when um there's just like little ties to you know a lot of times you'll album titles will have a title track um but in this case like not exactly a title track but a title image um i don't know if i'm describing that right but you know what i'm saying i know what you're saying dog i know you're you know what i'm saying dog um so these guys i wrote uh riff lords from portland oregon driving riff laden cbd laced monolith music Breakneck heaviness with hooks, versatile writing with spaced out mid-tempo parts, metal parts, spacey parts. It's there's a lot of variety, which is fun. Um, they reminded me of Torch, Big Business, mm-hmm. uh, Melvins. Really catchy. They like they have hooks. I mean, it's not like yeah, I'm comfortable calling them hooks. Just like some catchy uh, choruses. They even had some Stone Temple Pilots and Alice in Chains, like some grungy 90s rock vibes. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt like a soundtrack to what life will be like on Earth when we've really ruined it. Um, two years from now? Uh, yeah, two or three years from now when it's barely inhabitable, when all the rich people have moved to space, a.k.a. right now. They played, I don't have any more information on this, but I thought it was notable. They, in 2011, they played a on a tour or a fest called Rockstar Energy Drink Mayhem Festival mm. featuring Megadeth, Godsmack, and Disturbed. Can you imagine anything worse? I feel like they, the problem with bands like that is like, they get lumped into shit with other horrible bands. And like, I mean, you know, I'm not, I don't blame them. I would, I would play that tour cause you're going to play, um, mega domes. Yeah. They're going to get exposed to a lot of people. Yeah. But, and I don't, um, 
I'm not a Megadeth fan, but I don't I don't like to talk bad about Megadeth. Um, but Godsmack and Disturbed, completely comfortable. Mm-hmm. Me too. Terrible. Um, okay, we're on. Glad to hear we're on the same page. Um, I did watch a couple of their videos. It, they were delightfully low budget. <laughs> um, their instruments are completely hammered and dirty. And I like that. Um, I watched the prehistoric dog video, with, which I thought was funny, but there was too much drinking in it for me. It made me want to uh, play music and drink. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I mean, you know, not a big deal. Um, but the, at the end when they made LARPing outfits out of beer cans, that was pretty good. Is that the one with the comedian Brian something or other? I think he is. No, that was... I think that's a different one because that's the one where there's like a running um, total of how much money they have left from the check that Relapse sent them. Right. And I think Posehn is in the – he's the clerk in the ca- in the um, gas station where they like buy Slim Jims and stuff. That's right. But it's I, – I do like that low budget like um, they're just kind of having a good time making a vid- video – um, one of the dudes plays a Telecaster Deluxe in some of the shots, which is a awesome choice for uh, metal and one that you don't see often. But I've always loved that guitar. I've never had one, but I've always wanted one. Um, they look really cool, and they do. I've heard them played live, and they sound amazing. Um, it's a, it's in the mail, buddy. Thank you, thanks you. Um, they have great song titles, Night Destroyer, Bird on Fire, Whales and Leeches. Um, their website is pretty awesome. Have you been on it? I have not. It's good. They have this subtle animation that I didn't notice at first, but it's like a gradient that's animated to move like through the screen um, upward. And it's really simple, but I feel like it's effective. And, uh, they have, I, I enjoyed the bleakness of their lyrical content. I went to genius.com for the first time Mm -hmm. and, um, I know that you do that. And so I wanted to try that out. Um, let's see to showcase how bleak. Uh, so this is from good to die winter's come and the sun hasn't shown his face at all. Every time that he wakes, medicates with alcohol, he's depressed. It's the best time of year to end it all. Take a half dozen pills plus a fifth. That equals problem solved. Mm-hmm. Brutal. <laughs> so brutal. Cool. I mean, I got nothing against depravity and uh, depression and lyrics and hopelessness. It rhymes, too. It does rhyme. Um, I appreciated the full-on mosh breakdown in the song Sharks. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt like this movie could be the soundtrack to, or sorry, this album could be the soundtrack to that movie, The Road, or There Will Be Blood. Maybe maybe like a, a Dark Side of the Moon, Wizard of Oz situation. What do you think? 
I drink your milkshake, Eli. <laughs> Which would be better, the road or there will be blood? Uh, I'm picturing both movies with, I think I would like to see both with with this record playing. Because yeah. I think like, um, I forget the song, but like after when he's drinking Eli's milkshake, Daniel Day-Lewis, it could be like, <laughs> that song. What is that? Was it dark? Yeah. I don't know actually what you're doing, but. I'm just made them. I just, when I sneeze, that's the noise it makes. <laughs> Good times to listen to Red Fang's self-titled for getting psyched up to go to a wedding. You wish you weren't invited to on the L as a backdrop to judging pretty much everyone's footwear choices during an ambitious sound experiment. I'll see your Zarika and raise you Red Fang's self-titled. Here's my haiku. Uh, Stuck in a head cage, worst thing I could imagine, rats hungry for face. (laughs) (laughs) Borrowing some bleakness. Yeah, I was thinking, when I started thinking of like um, apocalyptic film, somehow I got on um, the book 1984, Mm. and there's there's a head cage with a rat in it. And so that's where that came from. I don't need to read that again because we're living in it. I know. Um, And I'm going to give it four bugs in there. Uh, This is one of my new favorite albums and it has has earned a spot in my regular rotation. Um, One, I think even further than that, it's, uh, I noted that if I was trying to impress a teenager with a list of heavy bands I'm into, Red Fang would now be included, exclamation point. <laughs> yeah, I would say go back and listen to the second album, at least for a song like Wires and Into the Eye are really good. Whoa, 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 whoa. Do it. Don't make me ask again. You, you, it took you three years to get me into this one. Don't be jumping into, oh, you should listen to this other one. Well, if you can dig that album out of the trash, because I never got it back. So we had a two, four bugs episode. That's pretty good. We tied. Yeah. I mean, that's the goal, right? Nope. (laughs) Actually, according to who? (laughs) No one ever said that. Let's talk about songs of the week. Oh man, I didn't even think of it. Did I? You should. Sometimes I forget and I think of it right before. Oh, I mean, yesterday I had, I have a song. You go first though, please. Make me go first. Uh, I'm going to add a song from the album that I'm going to assign you. Is that allowed? Not really, but we make our own rules. So That's true. Uh, it's a song called Pristine by... Snail Mail off of the album Lush. Oh, that's interesting. I had I don't believe I've listened to them, but I almost did just the other day. Well, you'll be listening to them this week. I saw I was like, mm, that's a cool name for a band. I wish I'd have thought of that. Which song? Lush Pristine. Got Pristine. It. Yep. Okay, for my song of the week, I listened to a podcast. This is Love, the episode this week. 
is about a woman who used to work for Prince, and she said that although she didn't work on the record, one of her favorite Prince albums is Dirty Mind. I didn't know that album by name, and so I've been listening to... I haven't uh, li- sat down and listened to all of it yet, but I listened to a couple songs, and When You Were Mine is pretty great, and I'm going to add that. Sounds great. It sounds like the first time I've heard you talk about it, too. All right, next week. Um, yeah, so I mentioned in my song of the week that I'm going to be giving you Snail Mail's album Lush. Um, had no clue who this artist was before don't. a couple weeks ago. Or I'm sorry, a couple days ago. I oh, I was cool. looking because I started following Mitski on Twitter. She was mentioned in a couple of like best albums of the year lists. So I clicked through and this was on one of those lists. I don't recall what number, but um, I gave a couple of the records on that list, like quick little listens and this caught my ear and I've enjoyed it. Um, and I've again, a couple listens over the past few days, but dig it. think you might. All right. I'm excited. Um, for you, I was thinking um, pig destroyers head case, which came out like three months ago. And I had only heard a song or two from they had released singles. And I mean, I, I really like that band. And so I was on board anyway, but I bought the record just from hearing a song or two. And I feel like nowadays that's rare. Mm-hmm. You're usually going to know the whole thing cause you've heard it on the internet. So I don't know how you'll feel about it. Cause it's, uh, it's pretty wild. Uh, thank you. I'll check it out. Okay. Thank you. Uh. Thanks for joining us for episode 19 of Okay Time. Can you believe it? We can't. Uh, 19 episodes is really, how many is it really? 21? Yeah. Uh, and uh, we, uh, we're enjoying it. We hope you're enjoying it. Our intro and outro music is by the Hokkaido Concern. We are produced by Sarah Taylor Cummings. You can follow us on social, Carl Grashit, spell it. G-C-A-R-L-G-R-A-T-I-O-T. That's at pretty much every platform you could find. Um, I'm at Harefort on Instagram. And you're welcome to leave us a five-star review. Megan did, and we read it. Uh, You've already heard it, and it was a good one. And you can do a good one too, Ryan. Um, (laughs) He's got a flip phone, though. He doesn't understand how to use a regular phone. (laughs) Do you want to apologize before we end? Yeah, sorry, Ryan. I enjoyed um, the holiday party you invited me to um, at your house. Um, It was a lovely home. Look forward to eating more tortillas from you in the future. Okay, Tom. Super Mega Dale, let's hear it. <laughs> what? Tell me what gross he is so big. <laughs> <laughs>
I do not want to know what kind of obnoxious grandma talks like that. Sure, Becky. You tell me what grows in this closet right now. 